Please stand for the reading of God's Word, Acts 2, 37 to 41. Remember now, this is their response to the sermon that Peter preached, his first sermon. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word and were baptized, were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Father, as we prepare to come to your table, we ask that you would do a work in our hearts, that you would cut to our hearts, to every heart that's here. And all those who are watching online, God, we pray as this message goes out that we would be fed by your holy word and then we would come and feast at your table, this wonderful sacrament that is a gift to the body. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The message that I'm going to give will be very brief. I told the communicants that this morning and I encouraged them to really lean in because the words spoken here really tell their story. Do you remember when you were a child and the phone that you had did not look like the phone we have? Many of the kids who joined today have never seen a, a rotary dial, certainly never used one. Think about what we have witnessed in time with the telephone. And some of you have, have witnessed a lot, even a lot more than me. But I remember things such as not having call waiting or caller ID. Young people, I remember when we actually had to spin a dial one number at a time. And if the person was on the line with somebody else, there was a busy signal. There was no connection. You had to wait and call back. I remember when that changed, when the phones actually began to have these really long cords. Instead of just a short cord, you could have a cord that was like 75 feet long. And you could go to every room in your house. But still, you had to wait for the other person to pick up. And if it was busy, there was no connection. And then things began to change. Call waiting came along. And families began to have two lines instead of one. I remember when I got my own phone. And I remember when I got call waiting, it would click and I'd be like, hold on, I have another call coming in. And then I remember, and this is my favorite, caller ID. When you could look at it and say, I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> but they would leave you a message because now we had voicemail. And you would play an outgoing message and people would leave a message for you and then you would call back if you were a kind and courteous person. <laughs> now... That was, that was when I was your age. Now imagine when you're my age. You're going to be saying things about this that are going to make people laugh. This is what our phone looked like. And you already don't even use it as a phone. You text. You take pictures. You do all sorts of things. But you rarely talk on it. People like me talk on it, but not, not you. And how you talk on it is really the same. You dial a number. When we were young, we had to memorize numbers. You just look for a face or a name and hit it. You don't know your own number, probably. <laughs> this is going to be outdated. I don't know what it's going to look like, to be honest. But I do know this. The same goal is there. You're trying to connect with someone. 
you are trying to make a connection with the person that you want to talk to. And that call is either going to be effective or it's not. That's an important phrase, effective. I want to talk for a few minutes about effectual calling, which is a term really that we celebrate because it's biblical, but was really honored during the Reformation. And it's right here buried in this text in a really important way. Listen to what Peter records or Luke records happen. He speaks and says that this promise, this is in verse 39, the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. This is really important. Every young man and young woman that stood up here and every member of this church and every member of the true church universal has received that call. It is a call by God, a call that is effectual, meaning that it works, it's effective. Whether we understand or not all the dynamics of the Reformation, one thing we can know is that they celebrated the fact that it was God who made this initiation in this relationship. It was God who made that call and it was effective. And the reason this is important is because today, 500 years, we celebrate what they were reminding people of then that has been true of all time. In other words, on this day, someday in history, where Peter preached this sermon, there were thousands of people present. 3,000 of those people experienced the effectual call. They experienced the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit where suddenly the words that Peter was speaking made sense to them. And what happened was their hearts were pricked. They were cut with what they heard. They were cut so deeply with what they heard that they said, what must we do? And Peter said, believe in Jesus. Repent of your sins, believe in Jesus. That is effectual call. There were more than 3,000 people that were there that day. And many of the people heard the very same things that the 3,000 heard, but many refused to believe. Many said, I don't believe that Jesus is the one way, one truth, one life. I don't believe that he was the one who is the Messiah. They refused to believe. But those who believed were the ones truly whose heart was cut. It was pricked. And when it was cut, they said, I believe. Now, I want to I talk to you about this for just a minute. It's really important. The Word of God tells us because of sin and what happened with Adam and Eve, that every person is born with a heart, spiritually speaking, that is dead. All mankind. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Ephesians 2, Paul says, but as for you... You were dead in your trespasses and sins. In other words, we don't just have a, a crooked generation that Peter's talking about because we make bad choices. We're part of a crooked generation because we have corrupt hearts. Hearts that aren't just sick, but hearts that are actually spiritually dead. So that when the word of God tells us that their hearts were cut, that means hearts that were not beating, that were not alive spiritually, suddenly began to be alive and beat for God. They weren't just moved by Peter's message emotionally. They were moved by Peter's message inside their heart. This dead heart that could never beat for God, that could never desire God, suddenly is changed in a moment. 
and they're so deeply cut to the heart that they say, what must we do? Let me explain it this way. It would be like actually calling someone who is no longer alive and they actually pick up an answer. You'd say it's a miracle. Of course it would be. It's impossible. But that's what God did. 3,000 people, after hearing this one message, that when we read it, it's about three minutes and 30 seconds long, 3,000 people had their heart cut so deeply that they said, what must we do? And Peter said, believe in Jesus. He has saved you from your sins. Confess what you believe with your mouth. And they did. And then the word tells us 3,000 people were added to that number daily. Now this is why it's important. All these young men and women, everyone in this congregation who would say, I believe that, I believe in Jesus. It's all because the very same God that did that work 2,000 years ago, the very same God that did that work 500 years ago, is the very same God that did that work three years ago when some of these kids gave their life to Christ. It's the very same God that may be doing that work in your heart right now, October 29th, 2017. And what's amazing is it's the same work. Our technology change changes. The culture that we live in changes, but the effectual call of God never changes. It's the same way it has been from the beginning, which makes this really interesting. A lot of people have a lot of questions about the Bible, but have you ever looked at the questions that are actually in the Bible? The first question in the Bible is actually not from God. It's from Satan. And the very first question in the Bible from Satan is to Adam and Eve, or it's from Satan to Eve, did God really say? Did God really say? Did God say this about his word, about his truth? And Eve said, yes, the Lord said this. She knew what he said, but the enemy deceived her. She ate from the fruit, gave some to her husband, he ate too. The eyes of both of them were open. And essentially, their spiritual hearts and the product of all mankind's sense had dead hearts spiritually. Then comes God. And God's question comes to Adam and Eve. So this is God's first question in the Bible. You know what it is? It's very interesting. Where are you? Why would a God who knows everything, sees everything, is everywhere present, need to ask Where are you? My friends, it's not because he didn't know. It's because even then he was telling us that he's coming for us. That he's going to call us. And you, if you belong to him, will hear those words. And those words, and it might be happening even now, will prick your heart. They will cut to your heart. And like these young men and women, you'll begin to say things like, I wonder why God made me. I wonder if God exists. I wonder what the purpose of this life is. I wonder what happens when you die. And when those big life questions come at you, you'll have an enemy like we all have saying, did God really say that? Does God really exist? But don't forget the question that God asked. Where are you? Where are you today? Today, can you say in your own heart and mind, 
I've been cut to the heart by the good news of Jesus. And there's a time in my life when I said I believe. Well, that means that his call in your life was effectual. You experienced irresistible grace. And you said, I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Today, you might be here simply as a, as a guest or a friend or you're curious. But how important is that question? Where are you? What do you really believe about the things that you've seen and heard? That day, 3,000 people said, what must we do? Today, perhaps you're ready to ask that question. And the answer is the same as it was then. Turn to Jesus Christ. Ask him to save you. And he will. And what you're experiencing in this moment is called effectual calling. It is your savior making himself known to you. The witness of this morning is the work of Christ and what he has done. In these 18 middle school students and five high school students, it is the witness that is exactly the same of what took place 2,000 years ago. Where are you? The table that we are about to come to, the feast that we're about to have, is a feast that is for God's people. It is a table that is meant to feed those who have been cut to the heart, who believe in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. And they come to be reminded of the goodness of Christ, of his presence, of his power, and of the eternal truth that they will be with him forever. This table is not a Presbyterian table. It is a table for those who believe in Jesus Christ, who are part of a Bible-believing church, who come to feast because the Lord is invited. If you this morning know that you don't believe in Jesus, you're not there yet, you, you've rejected that at least at this point, then don't partake of these elements. It's not my rules, it's from the word of God, where we're told don't take if you don't believe, lest you eat and drink judgment upon yourself. But I want to invite you not to feel the judgment of mankind, but to really think about the Lord, the creator of all things, saying, where are you? And as you partake in witnessing others partaking, consider what it means to be cut to the heart. The Lord has the power to cut to the heart instantly. For some, it is a moment like it was back then when you hear a preached word and you said, I'm in, I believe. For others, it's a process where you're thinking through the truths and wrestling with them. I want to invite you personally to engage with me or one of the other pastors or whoever you came with, if they believe, with the truths that have been told today. Because these, we believe, are the words of eternal life. These, we believe, are the words that will have you forever in heaven. And the bad news is for those who don't believe, it's the opposite. It's eternal separation from God. And so, my friends, we come to feast for all who are in Christ. For those who are considering it, hear God's first question again. Where are you? I'm going to close this time in prayer, and we're going to conclude by saying the Lord's Prayer together, which is in your bulletin, and then we will prepare to come to the table. Lord, I praise you and ask that you would truly draw near to us, Holy Spirit. This is a lot to take in. 
And we are grateful for grace, the good news of Jesus Christ who went to the cross for us, who died the, the death that we all deserve to die, who lived the life that we could never live, and we come trusting in you. Jesus, we thank you that you are perfect and that you're reigning as our king even to intercede on our behalf. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who is with us now illuminating these words. And we pray, Father, that you would draw near to every heart, cutting it deeply, that we might cry out to you, Jesus, our Savior. Save us. Save us, Lord. And Jesus, we thank you for the power of prayer. And together we pray those words which you taught your disciples, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.